Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. to this passage that I love in Proverbs. They'll throw it up there for me. It says in 18 and verse 20. Read it with me here. I just feel like that today. I feel like there's liberty in the house. Read it with me. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. Now stop there. Because what it's saying is, I think we often think of what comes into our mouth fills our stomach. And that's true in a physical sense. But in a spiritual sense, the things that we say have a way of filling our life. How many know that's true? And that's what this proverb is saying. It says, with the harvest of their lips, what your lips produce, what your lips bring off, that's what either that's what satisfies them. That's what fills their stomach. Verse 21, and this is a famous line here. The tongue, read it with me, has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Notice, if you love death and negative things, that's what will fill you. If you love life and positive things, the Word of God, the things of God... That's what's going to fill your life. That's what you love. But notice, you have that power. I wanted to get my Bible settled, but I also thought it was a good place to say amen. God gave, notice here, I'm going to preach in a minute. God gave Adam and Eve the power to name all all the animals in the garden. He's given you the power to name things that come into your life and come before your life. And you can either say it's a blessing or it's a cursing, but the Bible says that God has the ability to take all things and work it out for your good. How many say amen? If you said amen, you can be seated, say hello to somebody left, right, God bless you, behind you, in front of you, whatever it is, God bless you for being in the house today. You know, Scott, I'm going to do that thing right now here where we were talking about with this microphone. All right, uh, I had to settle something. I, you know, I was using this headset the last couple weeks. I just couldn't use it today. I just wanted to use a handheld microphone. It just feels more comfortable and casual on July the 4th. Stay with us after church. We're going to do some great things and have a great time. I know uh, people got places to go, people to see. Hang out for, with the church family a little bit today. I believe uh, there'll be a blessing in that. You know, it also said that... Um, I want to go here to Psalm 119 and 45. Notice that David says here, I will walk in freedom. I will walk about in freedom. And I want to hold that into the end of service. I meant to read that before we sat down. You know, this weekend we are, of course, celebrating the 4th of July. It is the independence. It is the anniversary of the independence and the freedom of the United States of America. It's a day that all across our nation we are celebrating. 
Uh, it's a wonderful time for families to get together, friends and neighbors, setting aside this day to appreciate what we have. And the day that we celebrate is July the 4th, and the anniversary is from 1776. But today I want to talk to you about another day. It's another day that's in our history that we don't talk about very often. It's September the 3rd, 1783. Everybody say September the 3rd. That was so good. 1783. And that day is some seven years later than July the 4th, 1776. But that day, seven years later, is a day that radically changed our country. And our country was never the same again. It's the day that ended almost an eight-year war. It was the Revolutionary War or the War for Independence. And that war was actually won seven years, two months later in 1783. Yet, in September 3rd, uh, yet on September 3rd, 1783, in fact, the anniversary of that day comes and goes every year without really any mention or fanfare of it. There's no commemoration, there's no celebrating, there's no fireworks, there's no cookouts, there's nobody getting off of work. Uh, in fact, I think if you heard fireworks on September the 3rd, you'd think, what is going on around here? Right? Uh, we have like a little swampy pond. You know, it's one of those things the realtor's going to say is a lake. But it's like a little swampy pond behind our house. And for some reason, the neighborhood just loves to shoot off fireworks right behind our house over there. And I tell you, every, every Saturday night before church, if July 4th is on the weekend, I'm thinking, dear Lord, put me to sleep right now. I got to wake up in the morning and everybody's... But if, if people were shooting off fireworks on September the 3rd, uh, you'd think, what was going on? Because we celebrate July 4th. But notice that we celebrate the day not that our freedom was won, but we celebrate the day that the declaration was made. Because we made a declaration on that day that we would have freedom. And I want to preach today about a freedom declaration. Two days before July 4th, on July 2nd, those delegates gathered together. The war was heating up, and it was, it was merely just a protest at this point over some taxes, over representation, over some nuances and sticking points. But now all of a sudden, in the summer of 1776, there was a different feeling that was beginning to sweep our country. The, the battle was heating up. It was more than just a protest. They began to be tired of the taxation, tired of of the lives they were living, tired of the thumb of a country across the pond telling them what to do, even though they didn't have uh, a jurisdiction in, in their lives. And so the, the delegates of these 13 colonies got together. They began to craft the objective of the battle. And it became clear now, we're not fighting over just some small things, but our goal is ultimately our freedom. Our goal is to be liberated from England. We want to have our own independence. And so the 13 colonies, they took a vote and it was passed in favor of independence of the United States. After that vote passed, they spent the next two days working on what they would say, how they would say it, and they published it on July 4th, 1776. They penned that statement called the Declaration of Independence. And from that day in 1776 all the way to today, we have celebrated that 
as the birthday of our country. But I want to tell you, and you have to understand, that just because it was declared did not mean the battle was over. In fact, I'm going to preach in a minute, so just stay with me. In fact... That declaration added fuel to the fire and intensified the enemy. Some of the darkest and hardest days of our history were between that day in 1776 and ultimately the victory in 1783. There were tough battles that were fought. There were hard seasons. There were cold winters. There were dark nights. There were setbacks, tough times, all of that. But finally on that day, September 3rd, 1783, seven months and two days later, the representatives of the United States and of England gathered together in Paris, they signed that treaty which gave America their freedom. So September the 3rd is actually the day that we won our freedom, but we celebrate the 4th of July, and the reason we celebrate the 4th of July is we understand that it was a powerful declaration that set everything into motion. And really the day for freedom that began in our country is the day that people decided and they declared we are no longer going to be living the way that we've been living. They said, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what the enemy's going to do when they get this declaration, but I'm not living another day in subjection. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be free. I want you to know today that the spiritual mirrors the physical and the day that you stand up to the enemy of your soul and you speak out because you have the power of life and You have the power of freedom in your tongue. You have the power of liberty in your tongue. You can declare freedom over your life, freedom over your home, freedom over your family, freedom from sin, the power of salvation, the power of healing, the power of God in your life. Somebody ought to declare it with their mouth today and say, I am going to be free. I'm going to have freedom and blessing. Salvation is mine. I'm going to have it in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to say, I'm not going to turn around. I'm on a line in the sand right here and right now. You know, that declaration gave them freedom, but they hadn't won the battle. It was a declaration of freedom, but they hadn't won the battle. And if you look at the history of the world, we know that freedom is a very precious thing. Not everybody in the world today has the freedom to gather together in the house of God like we have and worship freely. But we ought to celebrate that freedom. We ought to appreciate that freedom. The Bible says that in this place, in the presence of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, it said in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it said there is liberty... In the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the presence of God is, there is liberty. And so every Sunday, and I'll just give another commercial, this coming Wednesday night. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now if your neighbor heard you say amen, they're going to look for you on Wednesday, all right? 
We have the ability every Sunday and this coming Wednesday to open up the word, to gather together, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And there is freedom in the presence of God. And, and, and I think that that's so important because all through the week we have things coming at us. There are influences of the world. There are things impacting us, things that are trying to attack us or enslave us, things that are coming against our homes, coming against our families, and coming against us. And knowing all of this, we ought to recognize this house is a house of refuge. This house is a house... It, David said, David said, he's the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty in battle. It said that his name is a tower of refuge. His house is a place of safety. His house, his presence is a place of freedom. So when all these things are coming against me, I ought to run to the house of God. That's why David said, I was glad. When they said it was time to go to the house of God. Because it's in the house of God that there's freedom and liberty in His presence. First thing I want to tell you today is that God declared it. It's already on the screen. God declared it. I'm going to preach quick today, but I want to just set that to you and let you know that if God said it, I almost heard it, that settles it. That's what they used to say. If God said it, that settles it. I called out Travis a couple weeks ago. I said, if God said, let there be light, there's going to be light, right? He said it. He said it. That settles it. All right. I heard angels say that. God, I'm going to do it one more time. God said it. That settles it. See, we could just close the Bible right now. Go home. God bless you. The first declaration that God made over man in the first chapter or the second chapter of the Bible, he said, I'm going to make man in my image and give him dominion over this world. And God shaped him with his own hands, breathed life into that clay. And man was made in the very image of God. He then created Eve. And at the end of that day, God declared that it was good. Now man failed. God didn't fail. Understand, God did not fail. It was man that failed. A lot of times people say, why, is, why does God allow all of this type of stuff to happen in this world? God created a perfect world. This is the world we created. And so God didn't fail. Man failed. And so they, they, they allowed sin into the garden. And they walked into something that God never created for them. But notice that did not change the declaration of God. The declaration of God was still to come full circle. That he wanted to make man in his image. And so Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12. It tells us that the ministry of the church. That the service of the house of God is for the perfecting. I love that ing there it's for the perfecting of the saints and so do you know what we're doing here today we're here so that God can keep that process going of making of forgiving of blessing of creating us in his image 
He's molding you, shaping you, creating you, making you, fixing you, blessing you, perfecting you in His image. And so it's in this place that God is perfecting and making you. He's still drawing you. He's still shaping you. He's still correcting you. He's still um, giving you mercy, giving you grace. He's still doing all of those things. And God made a declaration about you. And if God said it, I want to tell somebody today, that settles it. If God said it, it settles it. When God says something, it sets a plan into motion. He declared, let there be light. There was light. Let there be birds. There's a bunch of them. (laughs) Let there be. You won't find in that Genesis record of anything he said, let there be, and it disobeyed his word. His his word has the power to create. And it set when he makes a declaration. Ah, I wish you get the power of that today. When he makes a declaration, it is set forth in your life. It is set forth in this world. And you might not see it yet. The anointing came from the prophet upon David that said, you're the next king of Israel. But it was almost 20 years before he sat on the throne. But Saul couldn't kill him. Saul's people couldn't kill him. Goliath couldn't kill him because God's word had already come into his life. Jesus made some declarations like this. He said, the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, to take everything from you, to put you in bondage, to put you in slavery, to take your soul to hell. But he said, I have already come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, if you want to know why I left the throne and came to this earth, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. He said in Luke 4 and 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom. To the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set, there it is again, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the Lord's favor over your life. He has made declarations over your life and the final declaration he made was it is finished. It is finished. What he was saying was the bondage of sin has been broken. The power of sin has been broken. The enemy's hold on your life has been taken. The price has been paid. Redemption is available. There is freedom. There is liberty. Folks, I got to tell you today, we can celebrate in the house because we are free and we are forgiven. I can clap my hands In the presence of God. I can lift my hands in the presence of God. I can lift up my voice in the presence of God. I can lift up a shout. I can sing a song that angels can't sing. Because I've been redeemed. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was bound, but now I'm free. I was lost, but now I'm saved. Somebody ought to get that in their spirit today. I am free. And he that the Son has set free is free indeed. 
You know, the second thing I want to tell you is that a declaration will keep you. It'll sustain you. A declaration sustains you. Notice he said, and, and this is where I want to teach a little bit today. I want you to get into your spirit. Notice he said, it is finished before it was all finished. The price was paid. Blood of, of the lamb had been shed. But he hadn't entered into the grave yet. He hadn't taken a hold of the keys of death and hell yet. He hadn't resurrected out of, out of death and, and been the first fruits of them that entered into death. He hadn't left the grave clothes in the grave yet. He hadn't walked out of the grave yet. He hadn't ascended into heaven yet. But yet he declared that it was finished. You and I are still fighting things. We're still going through things. But if God has made a declaration over your life, if Jesus has said it is finished, the price has been paid, the debt has been paid, the stone has been rolled away. And even if my battle isn't over yet, even if your battle isn't over yet, somebody ought to turn to the back of this book I hear Norman amen in me. Norman, I know you've read the back of this book right here. And you might be still fighting a battle. But if you read the back of this book, he's already won. He's already won. He's already won the victory. That's why he can say, it is finished. That's the power of a freedom declaration. You know, many times we, we, believe, we live beneath what God has for us. I, I think many times people live below what God has for them. There's, there's a lot of people, the, the Bible says that when you're double-minded, that you're unstable in all of your ways. And I think a lot of people live in that waffle zone of, uh, I'm living for God and, and, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm living for heaven and, and I'm living for hell and... I'm living, for, I'm living for the Lord and I'm living for the world. And they go back and forth. But when you make a declaration in your life and you draw a line in the sand, it sets you on a different path. It puts you on to a different destiny. You're going a different direction. When that declaration of independence was signed, there was still fights to fight. So I said it already, but some of our darkest days of our history were in that time. There were hard seasons, losses, setbacks, all kinds of things. But the power of that declaration is what helped them get through. I got to believe there were many times in that seven years where they were having a hard time. But they said, you know what? There was a time six, seven years ago, five years ago, that I made a declaration about something and I'm not going to turn around now I'm not going to wave a white flag of surrender or hang my head in defeat because I made a declaration way back there you know I, I think that sometimes we value demonstration above declaration sometimes we, we value demonstration but we don't value declaration here's what I mean by that demonstrations of God are tremendously valuable. That's what gives you a testimony. How many people have seen somebody radically saved by God? It was just a radical transformation. They were this guy and now they're this guy. They were this woman and, and now they're this woman. It was a radical transformation. It was, it was God's demonstration 
of his salvation. How, how many have ever seen the power of God? How many have ever seen the power of God? How many have ever seen a healing of God? How many have ever seen a miracle of God? How many have ever seen God's miraculous provision in their life? A, a miraculous blessing, miraculous salvation, whatever it is. And, that's the, and that is so powerful because you, you will always have that. It, it, it's a demonstration. Nobody can take it from you. It's your testimony. It, you know, it, Somebody could say this or that, but you say, no, 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 no. I've seen the demonstration of the hand of God. God spoke it into my spirit. And a demonstration is so very valuable. But let me tell you that declaration is valuable too. Because is, uh, there are days in my life that I can point to and say God did a healing, God did a miracle, God provided, God did all those things. But I'll tell you, those are few days. There's a lot more days where it's not a, dec where it's not a demonstration, but I've got a declaration. Because there's a lot of days in my life that I'm not going to see a miraculous healing. There's a lot of days in my life where I'm not going to see a miraculous blessing. The miraculous hand of God. But what I do have is a declaration some time ago where I said I've made up my mind to live for Him, to believe Him, to trust Him, to serve Him, to walk with Him, to hold to His hand. And Jesus, he said it this way. He said in, in John 20, verse 29, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Because you've seen a demonstration, you believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. He's saying there's a special blessing on them because their faith is not based on demonstration. See, you all saw, he's telling the disciples, you all saw me heal the lame man. You all saw me multiply the bread and the fish. You, you all saw me open blinded eyes. You, you saw me clean the lepers. You, you saw... You saw all of that. You saw the demonstration. But there's a special blessing on these folks whose faith is not based on a demonstration, but their faith is based on a declaration. Saying, look, it's down in my spirit somewhere. I've decided to follow Jesus. See, if we only live according to demonstrations, I promise you there's going to come a day That'll hit you like a Mack truck. That'll hit you hard. That'll knock you over. And you'll be looking around. And there's no choir singing. You ever had the choir come and sing at work when you were mad at your boss? And there's no choir singing. There's no preacher preaching. And you don't have goosebumps from the presence of God. And you're not going to feel the strength of that moment. But it's on those days where I've got to say my faith is not just based on a demonstration. 
Because if it's only on a demonstration, I'm going to look around and say, well, God must have forgot about me. He must have deserted me because I don't feel Him now. He must not care about me. He must have quit on me because I don't see anything miraculous happening. But if my faith is based on a declaration that I made, if my faith is based and rooted on something that I said, something that I stood up for, it doesn't matter what comes against me because I know that I know that I know that if God is for me, then who could be against me? And I made a declaration way back there before I ever got here that I'm going to live for God. I'm going to trust Him. And even if it's dark, even if I don't see His hand, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's dark. Bad things are happening. I can't see His hand, but I know. I don't see Him, but I know. Because I made a declaration. I know He is with me. And His rod and His staff is comforting me. Because I made a declaration way back there. A declaration is going to keep you. When God's people were in the bondage of slavery and in Egypt, there came a day when God recognized a declaration needs to be made. And he made a declaration to Moses. He said, go and tell Pharaoh what I said. Let my people go. I want my people free. And so this day comes. Moses goes into Pharaoh's throne room. He looks at Pharaoh, makes the declaration and says, God said, let my people go. Now, Pharaoh did not let the people go that day. There were some demonstrations that had to happen first. There were some battles that were going to be fought. But a declaration was made that day. And finally, there came a day that Pharaoh released him. And just in a matter of hours, Egypt's chariots mount up and they're chasing them down. And they catch up to them at the worst time because there was the mountainside on one side, the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's chariots bearing down on them from behind. And the Egyptian and, and, and the, uh, the Israeli people, they begin to complain and they say, Moses, we should have never left. What's going to happen now? We don't see any demonstration now. Where's the demonstration? Where's the miraculous hand of God? They were relying on a demonstration, but Moses knew that there was a declaration from God. And God's declaration was, let my people go. And he knew if God said it, that settles it. And so he goes up onto the mountaintop, the cliff with God, and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do now? God speaks to Moses and he says, I just want you to make a visible declaration to the people. All I want you to do is to lift up your staff over that water. How many know lifting that up like that is a demonstration, a declaration rather, of victory? What, what do people do when they win the trophy in a sporting event? <laughs> what, what do they do when they're walking off the field? Their arms are up. We're victorious. And God told Moses, the demonstration is going to follow the declaration. Just stand up and lift up my staff and you will see the salvation of the Lord and your enemy, your captors, your oppressors, you will see no more. 
And you know, the, you know the rest of the story. God parts the water. They walk across on dry land because demonstration will always follow the declaration. Moses declared the word that God gave him, let my people go, and he lifted up his staff. When everything else in you would have wanted to lift up a sword, lift up a shield, lift up your fists, God says just lift up the staff because I've already declared the victory. It starts with a declaration saying, I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to the guy I used to be. I'm not going back to my old ways. I'm not going back to the old me. But God has set me free. And if Jesus set me free, I am free indeed. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. Music come. I'm going to close. I want to see that Psalm 119 one more time. Psalm 119 and 45. You know, um, those of you that, that know me, we have uh, two boys. They're nine and seven. And uh, we did a little beach day recently. And my, we took my wife's van. And she's, she's got one of those little DVD players in the car. You guys know about these DVD players? Kids love them. Keeps them occupied while you're driving out to the beach. And um, they've been watching. Uh, they've been watching this um, Andy Griffith show. Anybody know the Andy Griffith show? And I couldn't help but. I mean, I'm fighting traffic. It's raining. I four is a mess. The whole deal. I couldn't help but listen to this Andy Griffith show as we're driving. And and it was interesting because. The boy in the show, the sheriff, Andy's son, Opie. I feel like I have to set the framework, but you all know this show, right? I, I, there's going to be somebody in here that's going to remember this episode. He, uh, he, he comes home one day, and he's so excited because he got all A's on his report card. His father's so proud of him. The teacher's so proud of him. You got A's on your report card. And he's, he's acting as though he got A's on his report card. His chest is out. He's so proud of himself. He's studying at home. He's getting his homework all done. He's going to school ready for the day. He's prepped. He's just acting like the A student that his report card said that he was. After a few days, the teacher calls, calls him aside and says, Opie, I, I got to make an apology to you. You didn't get all A's on your report card. In fact, you got a couple C's, you got a D, and I want you to take this report card home and tell your dad. And all of a sudden, he slides into this dark place of I'm no longer an A student, I'm a C and D student. And all of a sudden, he starts acting like a C and D student. He even runs away before, before the episode's over, he tries to run away from the house. His dad catches up to him. His teacher contacts the dad. The dad figures it out. You know the story. And, he, and at the end, he tells him, he says, Son, act like the A student that you were acting like when you thought you were an A student. Be who it is that that report card said you were. Be who it is that that A said that you declared over your life. Be that. I want to tell you today that you ought to be who God says you are. Be 
what God has called you to be. Be free like God has called you to be free. Be strong like God has called you to be strong. Have healing like God. He's taken stripes that you might be healed. I want to look at this verse one more time. David says, I will walk about in freedom because I'm seeking your precepts. I'm seeking your ways. I'm, I'm, I've sought after them. I'm walking after them. So he's not there yet. He's, he's been seeking it, but he's not there yet. But as he's seeking it, he's already walking in freedom. What I want to close with today is that demonstration always follows declaration. And it starts today when you declare it, when you say it. I'm going to be somebody that serves God. I'm going to start a new family tree in my life. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to be a man or a woman of faith. I'm going to have freedom over that trap, that sin, that addiction. I'm going to have freedom in my life. I'm going to have salvation in my soul. I'm going to have salvation in my spirit. And I want to tell you, it always works out that way. You can stay standing if you want. I'm going to close quick. Moses, before that Red Sea parted, Moses had to lift up that staff. He didn't see the Red Sea parting. God didn't say, hey, it, it, you know, here's the deal. If you lift up the staff, the Red Sea is going to part. And, and then when they walk in, I'm no, it didn't work that way. God just said, I want you to declare it. And if you'll declare it, I'll do it. Moses lifted up his staff. All of a sudden, the Red Sea parted. They told Joshua's generation, just walk around the wall every day for seven days. Don't say anything. But on the last day, on the last time, I want you to lift up a shout. I want you to blow the trumpets. And you're going to see the demonstration of God. But you've got to declare it before you see it. Elijah had his head between his knees praying, saying, Lord, we need to end this drought. We need the blessing of God. We need the rain to come. He's praying. He's got his knee, head between his knees. He is in, in fervent prayer. And he's asking his servant, is it raining yet? No, it's not raining yet. Come back. Is it raining? You know, it's not raining yet. Seven times he goes and comes. Is it raining yet? No, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep declaring it in prayer. Finally, the servant comes back and says, Look, boss, I see, prophet, I see a cloud, but it's real, real small. It's only the size of a man's hand. Elijah says, that's all we need. I've been declaring it. Now God is demonstrating it. Hitch up the chariot and get going because rain is on the way. David said, I killed a bear. I killed a lion. And I don't care what you say, Goliath. You are going down in the same way. The giant fell. The walls fell. The water parted. Jesus said it's finished on the cross. What more do you need than to agree with what God has already said? Somebody lift up a shout in the house today. Come on, just lift up a shout right now. I want the worship team to come. I want to open this altar. I want somebody to just step out and celebrate. 
in the presence of the Lord this morning. That's my altar Where call. Let's worship the Lord, the Lord together this morning. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you.